0: This is Temple and Heilprin on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome into Temple and Heilprin. No Temple yet. I promised Jesse Temple, and I uh, have not delivered yet. He is on his way. He is fresh off posting his big story, the big story, the big news of the day. Leon Lowry is back with the Badgers. The linebacker from Syracuse, who committed on Sunday, decommitted on Monday, has recommitted on Thursday. If you haven't uh, heard about it, Jesse wrote a great story about it up on The Athletic. Go and read it after the show. But he'll be here eh, five, ten minutes. Probably going to take a little early break. Give him a few minutes to get here so we can talk all about his story. That I mean, it is crazy. It is one of the crazier recruiting stories that I can remember Wisconsin having. Um, so we'll get into that in a little bit obviously transfer portal in full throttle wisconsin has some guys on campus right now uh tyrell henry the wide receiver from michigan state good friends with uh wisconsin quarterback amari stone so he's on campus right now they've got some other guys expected to uh, be here this weekend obviously the big name uh daquan finn the quarterback Visiting at some point. We don't know exactly if that's going to be this weekend or not. But uh, a lot of stuff going on in the portal. And uh, Jesse, again, will be here to talk all about it. We are at Monks in some prairie. Ton of sports going on. Obviously, the we're going to be focusing on the Wisconsin football team. But we're going to talk a lot about that basketball team that has found its footing here early in the season. It was a little bit off that 1-2 and two start. They've now won six straight. They beat Marquette. They beat Michigan State. They will go to Arizona on Saturday afternoon, take on the number one-ranked Wildcats. The first time they're play- they're facing a the number one team since 2017. They also played the Wildcats that year, but that was the Villanova Wildcats in the NCAA tournament. They won that one. So a huge opportunity for them. Got a chance to talk with some of the Badgers earlier today at uh, at the Kohl Center. So that is going on. The Bucks are taking on the Pacers. And then the NBA in-season tournament uh, happening on right now. About to go to the fourth quarter, real tight game, real fun game, back and forth game. A lot of people here at Monks watching that, and a lot of people turning on this Wisconsin and Penn State regional semifinal game. The women's volleyball team taking on uh, the Nittany Lions for a trip to the Sweet, uh, I should say, to the Elite Eight. These two teams played in last year's Sweet Sixteen, and Wisconsin came out on top in that one before losing to Pittsburgh in the Elite Eight. But this is obviously the place to be right now. You've got uh, Temple on High Alperin, you've got, you've got uh, Wisconsin volleyball team, you've got the Bucks. It is uh, it is a busy day here uh, at Monks, but a great place to come, drink specials, food, all that good stuff. I had to get myself a beer just to just to be able to read Jesse's story and deal with all the craziness that is in there about Leon Lowry. And we'll get into that. As I said before, um, I've never seen anything like that recruitment. I've, and again, it's because this is new, right? This is a new situation with what college football is dealing with. You don't – you never had agents before. Now, you had intermediaries that would go back and forth and some under the under – the, you know, you have bag men and that type of stuff and under the under the radar type of stuff. But you didn't have agents coming out here and asking for 10% of what an whatever this guy was getting, getting to get at NIL. And the fact is, these agents didn't even come into play until after his official visit. In Jesse's story, he talks about Leon Lowry talking to his high school coach who came with him on the visit to Wisconsin. And he's talking about, should I get an agent? And his, his coach, and I think his brother was with him, he's like no (laughs) no you don't need to like wisconsin is going to take care of you um and obviously this is a new situation that everybody is having to deal with on a uh day-to-day basis that you just don't know and these agents that we got to know here in this last week this nil agent chris wash who changed his profile eight different times um Uh, uh, the other agent whose first name is escaping me, but his last name is Wilson. They are, I mean, two guys that are trying to, I think, in my opinion, take advantage of this situation and and try to get themselves paid a little bit, right? Like, this is just what it is. They are trying to get their hands in it just like everybody else is, and that is kind of how this all played out. But Wisconsin is getting Leon Lowry. He is going to be a badger. He is going to be... Uh, I think an important part of this Wisconsin team, we saw kind of what – I think there were a lot of people excited about him coming in, right? Seven-and-a-half tackles for loss, three-and-a-half sacks. Those aren't huge numbers, but maybe in Wisconsin's defense, he was a young guy that I think a lot of people were excited about seeing, and now you are going to get an opportunity to see him at Wisconsin. And, uh, again, we'll have Jesse on here in a little bit to talk all about his story. Um, I am going to step away early here and, you know – Certainly talk, uh, step away early, take a little break, give Jesse about five minutes to go here, and uh, come back in and and give his his feeling on this whole story that uh, has happened with Leon Lowry. Again, we're live at Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie. This is Temple in Heilprin, live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. We're back here on Temple and Heilprin. Still waiting on Jesse Temple to arrive. He should be here any minute. Wisconsin volleyball team out to a fast start against Penn State. Bucks and Indiana still in action as uh, they fight for a trip to the title game of the NBA in-season tournament. But Monks is a great place to uh, to come and watch all the action. Happy hour from three to seven Monday through Friday. Free upga- free upgrades on twenty two ounce mugs. I've got one of those right now in front of me. There's two dollar off appetizers. Going to have one of those in front of me very soon here as well. So uh, obviously, Monks is a great place to get to uh, whenever you're looking for some place to get some drinks, some place to get some food if you hear some cheering in the background that's the people at the bar they're loving this wisconsin game so uh just letting you know that in advance we have plenty to get to and including obviously the leon lowry story and we will get to all of that we'll also talk a little bit about some of the other uh potential ads in the transfer portal wisconsin did have one extra guy or one one guy go out today it was jordan meyer the uh, the freshman linebacker from pennsylvania so it is a uh it is a busy time busy, busy time, especially on the Beltline on its way to uh, Monks. I'll say this. I am not a fan of talking about traffic. My former co-host was a big guy, like like talked about traffic all the time, like how bad the traffic was on the Beltline. I'm not going to do that Uh, Jesse Temple uh, has joined me here. I'm going to give him a chance to catch his breath. You are are right over there?
1: Boy, this really shows how out of shape I am. I told you I was going to be late. I didn't think it would be this late. I, unfortunately, was waiting for my story to publish. And then, on the Beltline, there was a car wreck, which took down two lanes. And then, Monks is so packed, no parking spots. (laughs) Well, hey, that's that's what happens. When you have good food, you have good drinks, you're going to have
0: some people in the bar. And, obviously some important things going on on the TVs right now with both the Bucks and the Wisconsin Badgers in action. I've mentioned that about a million times. People that are listening probably want me to shut up, and I'm going to shut up because I'm going to give you an opportunity to talk about your story with Leon Lowry. This is a crazy story. We've been going back and forth and texting about it since, since Sunday. I was, I was like, I know, like, you were waiting to hit publish on, on and <laughs> i so anxious to, to get the story out there. I've been kind of the same way, like, just waiting to read it, waiting to retweet it knowing about it was very difficult for me i'd love to tell people things and i couldn't say anything so you have it now leon lowry is back in the fold he is with the wisconsin badgers you had an opportunity to chat with his coach you had an opportunity to chat with one of the agents whose first name is, is darren wilson darren wilson i knew the last name you had an opportunity to chat with leon first when he first made his commitment and you had a chance to chat with uh, Rob Master, who is with the Varsity Collective, who obviously is part of this NIL thing. Take me from the start to the end, and, and we'll I'll, maybe I'll interrupt your sure. points here.
1: It is the craziest recruiting story I've probably ever seen, certainly ever covered. I know. Well, I know there are other NIL-type stories, obviously, maybe with quarterbacks being promised a lot more money. But for Wisconsin, this is new. So Leon was one of the first people that wisconsin wanted particularly at outside linebacker he entered the transfer portal from syracuse's head coach dino babers got fired so that allowed him to kind of get the process rolling a little bit earlier well he came up for an official visit his high school coach and his high school coach's twin brother both of them coached him in high school and those were the two people that he asked to come with them on this official visit which tells you how close they all are it was a smashing success everything his coach said about the visit was How perfect it was, how professional Wisconsin was, the way they handled everything. They stayed at the Edgewater Hotel, which is where recruits stay, but that's a fancy place. That's a nice hotel. And they went out to dinner at Naples 15 with a lot of the coaches. Saturday was a complete whirlwind for them. They had breakfast with coaches, they saw a bowl prep practice, they went to the Marquette basketball game around halftime. He met with Mike Tressel, ended up talking to Luke Fickle, did the photo shoot everything that a recruit does. And then at night, they went out to dinner at Johnny Delmonico's, a nice steakhouse downtown, and it was the first time Leon apparently had ever had a filet mignon. So by Sunday, they have breakfast back at the Edgewater with the coaches. There's a private room where they talk to Luke Fickle. And over breakfast, as Mike Dressel is, is wrapping up, and before Leon flies back with his coaches, he says, I'm coming to Wisconsin. I'm committing. And the plan at that time was, and I imagine this is the plan now, even though a lot has happened in the last four days. He was going to come up here around December 20th. He was going to travel with the team to go to the bowl game. Matt Mitchell, the outside linebackers coach who was recruiting him, gave him the playbook. And on the plane ride home, his coach said, they're going over the playbook. Leon is so excited about coming to Wisconsin. And at a certain moment moment when they're in the air, Leon apparently asked his coaches, like, should I get an agent? And, And the coach said, this is the first time he'd ever heard anything about it. Now, it's quite possible that, and i imagine this might be the case leon may have been interacting with them previously perhaps for a couple of days i can't imagine it was a very long process but again the coach who knows him very well has known him for five years and never heard anything about it well they told him no don't get an agent what are you doing All right. obviously the next day everything changes on three publishes a story at one o'clock central time that says leon has decommitted and leon subsequently retweets it meanwhile Back at Wisconsin, they're like, what in the hell is going on? Nobody has talked to Leon. His high school coach hasn't talked to him. And so later in that day, Leon posts a tweet that all further inquiries should go through his two agents. And I should mention, and I think you referenced this, I talked to Leon on Sunday night after he had landed back home about his commitment, reiterated how excited he was, called it a no-brainer, basically said, they showed me they don't want me, they need me. And monday i tried to follow up and wouldn't you know it <laughs> he wasn't answering any calls or text messages i guess that makes me feel better because it wasn't just me it was his own high school coach and right and people from wisconsin but after that post where he says everything's going through my agents uh the, the high school coach um and his name is mike cypot mike cypot said that he texted him and was basically like what are you doing and couldn't get a hold of him nobody could get a hold of him and it wasn't until later on when things changed but and and again, this is multiple sides of the story. The, the agents apparently were trying to tell him that the, the agreements that Leon and Wisconsin came to were not going to happen, whether that was graduating with your master's degree or starting playing time. And I should mention, when I talked to the agent, he's on the phone in the car and he pulls out his phone and he's like, let me let me look at the list of demands we had. And it was like he wanted to be able to to start, get get his degrees, to wear his number nine, to have his vehicle paid for, uh, transported from Syracuse to Wisconsin, to be put up in a nice place. And according to the agent, and again, that's only one side of the story, there was this NIL component where allegedly, according to the agent, a couple other Power 5 schools had thrown out some number that they were going to pay him and it was, it was the same number, and according to the agent, Wisconsin's situation was they weren't going to offer as much. And he also said, which I found interesting, that Leon was going was talking to some of the players who were on the current team, and they were like, hey, bro, I don't, I don't know what you <laughs> think this is. So, again, you have to take it all with a grain of salt, but Wisconsin's perspective was, and again, something that the high school coach said, there were never any specific conversations about monetary value. Now, NIL was mentioned as part of everything else that they offer for a transfer. Yep. Like, you got to focus on the main thing. You've got to come here to play. And much like we've seen with all the other guys who come here, you don't just walk in and get handed a deal. Yeah. You've got to you've got to show your worth. you got to have a social media following and influence. Maybe if you're the starting quarterback, you're worth more than the backup nose guard or whatever it may be. But in talking to Rob Master, the guy who's in charge of the collective, he said, we don't I don't, I've never talked to anybody beforehand. I don't talk to agents or player parents or anything like that. We don't do anything until you get on campus. So I know this is a really long story and I haven't finished it, but if you've got any questions, well, no, feel I mean, free to interject.
0: I, I don't. I, I think that it, it, we kind of know where this is going, right? We... We see two sides, and we see the shady agent side of this, which that's my words, not yours. The shady agent side of this, where they're looking for what was the percentage? 10?
1: Well, and that was another part that I, I heard from the multiple people, including the head coach in his conversation when he eventually did talk to Leon. Apparently, the agents were seeking ten percent, and and how and how does that ten percent get higher?
0: Uh, if they drive up the price from yeah. those from those schools, which is why. Why you? Why'd you commit? Like that type of stuff. We have. We're gonna throw this into. And this is again. This is none of your reporting. This is all me articulating what I think is coming from in sure. their minds. What this is going to happen? They have their hands in the bag and, and want to keep on pulling out more money because this is new and there's no regulations around it whatsoever. Yes. That they can just keep on digging and digging and digging and get every single last cent out of these kids and 10% is 7% more than what an NFLPA what the NFLPA has for their guys and again that money is significantly more yes but still 10% yes. more than like th- more than three times what the NFL is giving to their agents is what you're doing and you're not really even doing anything like the agent is like doing the contract and they're like sorry you well, that's no, that's what I'm right Zach, that's what I'm doing
1: <laughs> That's my sense, too, certainly from talking to the head coach. He feels like Leon was – he's 21 years old. I mean, he's not 18, 19, but you're still an impressionable college kid, and you potentially hear, oh, other schools are throwing out this number, and, and its you don't know whether anything's true. That's the other thing because, again, there is no regulation, and people can say what they want. And I think, to me, how Wisconsin handled this based on my reporting and talking to people is pretty admirable based on – The way they approached it, like, we know that NIL is part of the process now, but Wisconsin, just like how the Varsity Collective handles it, and this is all ties together, they want to make sure you're coming here for the right reasons. Like, you fit into this defense, you can get your degree, we're going to set you up, everything's going to be okay, and all that stuff will follow. But I think the other thing that's an important distinction here to make is, based on my conversations, it's not like Leon came here and was like, hey, how much money are you going to pay me? And that's another thing that I think is worth mentioning because his high school coach, who was here on the official visits, said he didn't hear anything like that. Leon was not talking like that. And so I think perhaps something got lost here over this week where it seemed like, oh, this is what Leon is all about. And I think it was a situation where people were telling him things and he changed his mind and then realized "Uh uh-oh I made a very big mistake and eventually and this to me is another part of the story that I found very interesting so I sent an email to Darren Wilson on Monday and this is a little inside baseball but it's part of the reporting process and didn't expect to hear from him Tuesday, he called me. I was on the phone with somebody. I called him right back. We ended up having a long conversation where he told me his side of, yeah, uh, Wisconsin, Wisconsin wasn't going to do what they said they were going to do, everything that is in the story. And, and you can, I realize I'm giving the milk away for free, but, you know, there's more to it than what we're talking about. Well, after we get off the phone, and by the way, during that conversation, he says, are you going to be writing an article about this? (laughs) I was like, yeah, that's my intention. What what, what do you think my job is, (laughs) Did you read the email that I sent where I told you who I was and what I was doing? But he said, good, because I want the truth out there. Mm. And then we get done with the conversation. And not much (laughs) long after that, he sends me a text message about the fact that he had consulted with his partners. And if I could wait to publish the story until next week, and here's what I imagine is the reason why, because... Another part of the story is during the week, after Leon D committed, he said he would be taking an official visit to Baylor. Yep. So I imagine they probably thought, oh, he's going to end up at Baylor and maybe there's some money involved for us. And yep. so, can you publish this next week? Hate to tell you this, my man, but that's not that's how that journalism works. works. So, so I he... sent me two of those text messages. My favorite, though, is Chris Wash. 13 minutes later. Uh, we all, if you're listening and you've been following this saga, perhaps you, know you saw Chris, Chris Wash is. on Twitter. Well,. I his mentions were an absolute <laughs>
0: disaster fire? or an absolute beauty <laughs> after after right. this news
1: broke today. Well, I depending on your point of view. I hadn't reached out to him, but he opened up his DMs because I wanted to. But his DMs were closed. Whatever. He sent me a DM about 13 minutes after my the last text message I received from Darren Wilson. Obviously, the two of them were having conversations about. Oh, I talked <laughs> to a reporter. Whoops, and he says. Do not write a story about Leon. Do not. Yeah, told me not to. Demanded that I not write a story about him because we've all moved on. An hour and a half later, uh, the, the exact minutes are in the story. I'm telling this off the top of my head. You have a tweet from Leon Lowry saying that all the recruitment will now be going through him because, which doesn't say in the tweet but is evident, and obviously as I reported in the story, he fired those dudes. (laughs) He got rid of them. So right after I got off the phone with the agent, Leon Lowry decides, this isn't for me, ended up having the conversations that he needed to have with Wisconsin, with his own high school coach, who again could not reach him, tried to text him, and Leon said, According to the coach, like, I, I can't talk to you right now. I have a lot of stuff going on. So he realized the error of his ways. Hey, look, kudos to him. I think this this is a slightly embarrassing situation, shall we say, that unfolded in a public fashion, but he didn't allow it to define him. He ended up making what he felt was the right decision. And the thing is that his high school coach said Leon was always all in. Like, yeah. there was no part of him that indicated he didn't want to appeal with Wisconsin. It was just he felt the high school coach said something, some way, somehow, some agent's Got to him (laughs) between the time that he committed and the time that he decommitted, which was only about 20 hours later. So what ended up happening was Wisconsin continued to talk to him, and the outside linebackers coach, Matt Mitchell, actually flew out to Syracuse to meet with him earlier on Thursday late in the morning. And while I was wrapping up a, a conversation with the high school coach in anticipation of what may happen later today, he looks at himself and he goes, Hey, I just got a text from Leon. I am a Wisconsin Badger, and at 5 p.m. Central Time, he publicly tweeted out reaffirming his commitment to Wisconsin. It was what a story. Exactly. It's a
0: hell of a story, and a hell of a job reporting it by you. Thank you. It took all week, it, but it was a, it was worth it. It was. It's an amazing piece. I uh, obviously encourage everybody to go and read it at the athletic it 's the reason you subscribe to the athletic is pieces like this um, I, and i we have a lot of very good colleagues on the beat, but this is the type of stuff that you do so well and i 'm not going 'm not going to pump you up anymore because I, I you know how I feel about you, but this is the type this is the type of stuff that I think is is so good reporting wise because we get the inside of what exactly happened. And we don't always get that with everything. And in this situation, we did. And it obviously makes... And we knew this throughout the entire week. And we don't have a rooting interest in this at all. You certainly, by far, do not. I kind of do because I, I kind of don't... I don't... I'm not a huge fan of agents in the way that they have been trying to take advantage of the situation. So I was kind of hoping that they were kind of going to get screwed. And that's exactly what happened. Um they, uh, you know, Chris Walsh is a, is a complete shady character, in my opinion. <laughs> like, there's just nothing. There's, he has no redeeming qualities on on, on on the surface based on what he has done. Some of the things that he said, the tweets sent to you, the tweets sent to other people, the deleting of tweets. I mean, I've deleted a tweet or two in my life. That mother has deleted, <laughs> like, deleted like a thousand tweets in the last week, <laughs> including his tweets about Leon Lowry. So yes. there are, uh, it was a situation that, was horrible, uh, and it, but it played out well for the kid, eventually. Yeah. It got to the right end point here, right? Like With the end point that mattered, that's, it got there.
1: Yes. I'll tell you this. I knew that there was uh, potential for a really good story after I talked to the agent. Yeah. And initially, I wrote a story just from the agent. And yep. w- w- thankfully, I've got great editors at The Athletic. And my, my editor uh, was like, I think there's some other pieces here. <laughs> I was like, you know what? i think you're right and as it turned out there certainly were
0: there were uh, a ton of yeah there was a there was a ton of stuff to dig up and dig out and that's exactly what happened in the story so certainly uh, obviously make sure to check that out is there anything that we haven't hit on that you want to talk about with that story
1: nothing that comes to mind uh that was a lengthy overview if there's anything that i didn't say hopefully it's included in the story but i think to me it's A bit of a cautionary tale about what this era can be. I mean, what is the vetting process? Who is there helping you? And the answer is there are times where nobody is helping you because you may not even be sharing that information. Somebody has access to you on social media and they can talk to you right away and tell you things that may be true, may not be true. And What part of what made this story so interesting is you don't always have the agent divulging as much information and you also don't have the other sides divulging information that contradicts everything that agent said.
0: Yes, and there are obviously two sides to every argument, and, and uh, you got him as best you could, right?
1: Yeah, did my best. Took, so. took four days.
0: <laughs> we'll come back on the other side. We're going to talk a little uh, more transfer portal stuff. Wisconsin has some guys on campus. They're going to have, obviously, uh, uh, potentially trying to add a wide receiver, Tyrell Henry out of Michigan State. We know they're connected to Daquan Finn as well. We'll talk all about that coming up on the other side of the break. This is Temple and Heilprin, live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Yes, welcome back into Temple and Heilprin, live from Monk's Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie, where we are watching a ton of action we've got wisconsin out to a set lead on penn state's up 8-5 in the second set the bucks taking on indiana but we are focused on the wisconsin football team at the transfer portal uh we are we've already talked all about the leon lowry story if you haven't checked it out go and check it out at the athletic jesse wrote all about the ups and downs and the roller coaster that was this week for leon lowry and the wisconsin badgers and a couple of
1: shady agents from texas (laughs) my opinion once, once from uh, New York City area, so there whatever. You go.
0: <laughs> whatever. <laughs> I don't particularly care. Don't think we'll be hearing from them. I don't, times. I don't think so either. They're they're blocking people. They're blocking uh. people left and right. Um, so, but they are not the only. Obviously, uh, uh, he, Leon Murray is not the only focus here. Wisconsin is in on a, a number of other guys, including uh, a guy on campus right now, Tyrell Henry, the wide receiver out of Michigan State, a guy who uh, has some explosive ability, which is obviously what Wisconsin needs, and he also uh, has some skills as a punt returner and uh, a kick returner. And then also, and then also Daquan Finn, the, the quarterback from Toledo, uh, Wisconsin, reportedly, according to On3, will be bringing him in for a visit at some point. They are also reportedly reportedly in the mix for Cam Ward with <laughs> everybody else in the world.
1: Yeah, that feels uh, to me like a Caleb Williams situation.
0: It does, but like this is all money now, yep to me right like this is a money situation we heard and again uh, Nebraska coach Matt rule kind of put it out there that uh, top quarterbacks going one and a half two million dollars I kind of think that maybe what Cam Ward will end up going for now he is not for sure for sure transferring he may go to the pros he may go he may go to the NFL but he feels like a guy that could potentially jack his draft value up significantly with a big year at a big time program as opposed to Withering away in Eastern Washington, which again, I, you know, we had a, a great time in our <laughs> on our trip to. Pullman, sure, we did to Pullman. Um, yeah, <laughs> what a ridiculous drive! Um, and getting pulled over too. Remember that only for speeding. Do you remember that? Uh, it was not that long ago. I oh, do okay. remember. All right. All right, just wanted to see if you remember that or not. <laughs> um, but that that one feels a little out there. Yeah. Let's talk about the other two, Tyrell Henry. What can he? What would he bring to Wisconsin?
1: I think he'd be a potentially a big addition because not only is he a playmaker at wide receiver, but he could be your top kick returner, punt returner. Jim Ray DK was handling some of that. Jim Ray, obviously, in the portal, a lot has happened here since we did the last Temple and Heopren show. But they need wide receivers now they've got chimera in the portal skylar bells in the portal we knew keontes lewis was headed there when he opted to leave the program in september all three of your starting wide receivers from 2022 are now in the portal and the badgers in an ideal world would like to carry 12 scholarship wide receivers because of the offense that they run so they're down to nine as it stands right now as we're having this conversation you need some portal help because the only wide receiver you have coming in in the 2024 class is kyan barry johnson who to me is more of a slot receiver type of guy. And I think they need some of those explosive playmakers on the outside, which we saw this year. They didn't have enough of that. So to me, Henry is the type of guy who could provide that.
0: I guess, I mean, I guess Henry, like, stats don't necessarily right. point that out. His, his high school tape kind of uh, shows it a little bit more, I and mean, he only averaged 8, 1, 8.1 yards per catch in that Michigan State offense. Uh, had 24 catches as a freshman. But Michigan uh, State wasn't as good. a sophomore. Yeah, they weren't. They weren't. Uh, I don't
1: think anybody's denying that. Was, <laughs> I, was I denying that? No, I'm just saying like they stunk. <laughs> <So> <laughs> perhaps he could do more with a team that has more success.
0: Perhaps he could, but I also look at what happened with this Wisconsin team and Skylar Bell. Yeah, Skylar Bell was at like seven and a half. He had 38 catches and like 297 yards. They need they need guys. And again, you know, Will Pauling. The, the amount of catches he had, he was over. He was in double digits in terms of yards per catch. That's what you kind of need out of that slot position. And Skylar Bell had an opportunity. If Skylar Bell had caught all the like the the, the deep balls that he was mm-hmm. given an opportunity for, would sure. his average be over ten?
1: I don't know the math, but there was a sixty-yard touchdown pass in the season opener that Tanner Mordecai had to him. In total, he had seven drops. I do think a lot was made of the drops because it felt like they came in bunches yeah. relative to some of the other guys it's probably in line with that but yeah, but it was
0: I'm, I'm talking about the deep shots right but like, yes they absolutely they gave him some opportunities to hit some deep balls which was non-existent in Wisconsin's offense for most part of the year right like he was a guy that they were they gave some opportunities to he had the drop in the opener he had the drop against Purdue on a perfectly placed ball by Tanner Mordecai. Uh, he had a huge huge catch maybe the catch of the year for Wisconsin mm-hmm. against Illinois in the game where they came back i mean that was yeah. over the shoulders to the
1: prettiest catch you'll ever see. He also had that great catch on the Tanner Mordecai scramble against Washington State. Yep. So yeah, he makes some brought, plays, right?
0: But he, when you're given opportunities to make plays down the field in this offense, you have to make them. I, I, I go back. I think there are so many key plays in this in this year where if they catch the ball or if the quarterback hits them, yep, it could just change things completely. I, I think about the throw to Bryson Green on the post from Tanner Mordecai down they were down two at that i think they that's right it was 24
1: 22 against washington state fourth
0: quarter had them missed them that's a touchdown that's a touchdown there were just so many there were so many small plays like that that could have just changed things in my mind significantly for that offense this year and it's catching the ball it's making the throw when you have the opportunity and towards the end of the year i think they kind of started to do that a little bit but i understand skylar bell leaving and i certainly understand Chimray dk leaving because his role in this offense was so much different the other name that that pops up and there are there are other guys that they have offered at wide receiver i'm not going to get into all of them we'll see if they end up visiting but the the big name though that I think a lot of people are focusing on here is uh daquan finn who is the quarterback out of toledo a guy who uh i believe uh was to, toledo beat notre dame right a couple years ago three or four years ago either way they they, they played notre dame very close i think it was 32 29 back in 2021 he had a great game in that one he is more of a he is more of a um excuse,
1: well, he, was he, played a very, he played a very
0: played yeah. a very small role <laughs> in that one we're gonna delete that so nobody actually hears it that's not listening live um he is an electric runner yeah he is an electric runner and a solid passer he was the mac player of the year this year uh throwing for uh you know 20 uh excuse me throwing for 22 touchdowns. He also had nine interceptions last year. He had went 23 and 12 the year before that 18 and 2 So as a three-year starter for Toledo, he's been electric Throwing the ball, but his rushing is just off the charts. I, I watched some of the highlights of him. He is Insane as a, as a runner. He's got some his burst To go from 0 to 100 is just different and like I'm trying to think of a quarterback at Wisconsin that ever had that maybe TJ Gillins. Maybe, maybe Tanner maybe, maybe Tanner McAvoy, too, but he has these passing statistics to back up that he can throw the ball a little bit, too.
1: I think everything that happened has, has happened in the last year has made this offseason feel a little bit, I don't know how to put it, other than you're approaching everything a little more cautiously. Um, and I say that from my perspective as a reporter covering the team, but also the sense I get from fans because a lot of people were – geeking out about all the numbers that tanner mordecai had at smu and didn't necessarily come to fruition this year though he's been tremendous and a great leader for the team but on paper it this is a fit for wisconsin the offense they want to run they want to be able to do rpos they like to have a mobile quarterback in most years that phil longos had a quarterback as an offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach he's had a mobile guy so you like the numbers, no doubt about it. And the obvious thing here is Wisconsin needs a transfer portal quarterback based on the numbers. They lost, they're losing Tanner Mordecai. He's a six year senior. Miles Burkett is in the portal. Right now, that leaves you with four scholarship quarterbacks heading into the spring. Only one of them has any experience, really, in Braden Locke. And he's got three starts and one half against Iowa, which were up and down, completed 50% of his passes. You'd love to have more experience than that. And the other thing is there's, there'd be no quarterback on the roster older than a redshirt sophomore. So you can get a veteran similar to what you had last year and get more productivity. As Wisconsin, you'd love to have it.
0: At some point, don't you need to invest in your own guys?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the biggest challenge with what the transfer portal era has become. How many times did Luke Fickle say after he was hired, and I know he said this when he was at Cincinnati, too, that he doesn't want to be a transfer portal team. He wants to recruit and develop. It's the same thing that Jim Leonard said when he was the interim head coach, and he was asked about what he would do in the future. So that philosophy is something that a lot of coaches share. On the other hand, you have to be a realist about what your situation is. And in the transfer portal era, every single year you're going to lose players and you're going to be put in a spot where you need to add portal guys. So it's a delicate balance because you can really frustrate players who have been in the program for a couple of years and all of a sudden get recruited over. And that's essentially what's happening. But you also can't not do it because yeah. if you don't, you put yourself back against all these other teams. Right. Yeah. No, It's it's very... It's very
0: tough. It's a very tough situation balancing that. And, and they're balancing a lot of things, right? Like there's, you know, coaches, are they going to be here next year? Are they Are not going to be here? He's balancing the bowl. He's balancing the transfer portal. He's balancing the recruiting for the 2024 class. And they did have one guy decommit. And I wanted to ask you about this guy because everyone that tweeted about this today, yep. <laughs> everyone that tweeted about this clearly got it from the same person um, or the same people parted ways yes usually it's just the guy decommitted he's he's not going to be a part of this class but it was it was out there pretty clearly that this was not a situation where wisconsin lost a guy it was a decision that they both decided to part ways and usually in that situation feels like the school is parting ways with the the recruit and that was um uh prescott the safety from from pennsylvania he uh yes no longer committed
1: yes i'd say what you said is accurate okay (laughs) um And they still got 20 commitments in the class, and they've got a lot of defensive backs. And they also have a safety that they really like in Rafael Dunn, who's 6'4". I know his high school coach has described him as a unicorn. I don't know where all those guys are going to end up is the other thing, because you can be recruited as a cornerback, but they like versatility, and they could end up as a safety. The one that I'm following is uh, Xavier Lucas, the Florida kid who Miami, Florida State. Are they stringing him along? What's going to happen? Feels like. Potentially he's going to end up at Wisconsin because the early signing period is in two weeks. Yep. So, uh, But, yeah, obviously Wisconsin has moved on from Camir Prescott, and they like what they have in the class.
0: Yeah, they do. Um, wanted to ask you this. Uh, we'll, we'll get to basketball on the other side of this. Rivals. They sent they sent out like they ranked the classes by position, and they both have Wisconsin among the top five at offensive line and yeah. at running back. Mm-hmm. Which one do you like better? Which, which mm-hmm. group of players do you like better, their offensive line commits or their running back
1: commits? This is an easy answer to me, but I'm not, like, an offensive lineman. Yeah. <laughs> I want to see the running backs, dude. (laughs) Especially with Braylon Allen leaving, we don't necessarily know what Ches Malusi is going to do with his future, and there could be an opportunity for a true freshman to come in and play right away because if you don't have Malusi, what do you have left? You've got Jackson Aker, converted fullback, Kate Iacamele, converted safety, Nate White, who was a true freshman this year, hasn't taken a snap. Those are some real studs at running back. Two four-star guys, obviously, with Dylan Jones and Darian Dupree. And I feel like Gideon Atuka is overlooked in that threesome but the numbers that he put up and and he's a different body right he's like will pound it between the tackles but has a little bit of burst i'm excited about the running backs that's not to diminish the talent that the offensive linemen have i think it's a really interesting story in this class because so much was made of the offensive lineman wisconsin didn't get from this state and yet they've ended up with a couple of four-star guys um, Kevin Haywood was just uh, honored with a, an All Star game, a, a big time All Star game announcement. Yep. So, I think it's a really good group. And so is
0: I mean the Yes. Well. Yes. The the, the, kids the from defensive back from Philly. Yep. So it's it, I mean it's a it's a interesting class, right? It's a fantastic. Uh, fascinating class. I was I didn't mean to say fantastic. It's a good class. I yeah. it's, it's a fascinating one just because there are need positions in this group especially running back for what Wisconsin has coming back for next year. So We'll, uh, we'll see how that all plays out. As you mentioned, signing day coming up here pretty quickly. We'll, we'll focus more on that as we get closer to the day, both on the camp here and here on uh, Templin High Alperin. Coming back on the other side, we're going to get into a little basketball. I honestly Jesse, could have spent the entire show talking about uh, Leon Lowry and all that uh, goes along with that, but we're going to talk a little basketball as they get ready for a huge test coming up on Saturday as they travel to number one Arizona to take on the undefeated Wildcats. This is Temple in Healdsburg, live from Mox Bar and Grill in Sun Prairie on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Network. Welcome back into Temple and Heilprin, finishing up the show here. Kind of got thrown into a little bit of a whirlwind here. Well, no, it was a whirlwind. We could have spent the entire show, as I said during the break, on Leon Lowry. We already did talk about him. If you missed it, go back and listen. But Wisconsin basketball also has uh, a huge, huge test coming up on Saturday as they travel to Arizona to take on the number one Wildcats. Uh, I look at this and I say and actually we kind of mentioned the other day is it essentially do you have you're playing with house money here yep. after winning these first two games and talked to the Badgers today went down to the Cole Center talked to Greg Gard talked to some of the players and certainly obviously did not get the feel from them no. that that's how they're approaching this uh, I also asked about them being number one and Greg Gard goes I'm like I know it's just a number next to a name but is it? does it mean something extra and he goes it just means that they're a really good team so, got a lot of that for them, but they know what this would mean if they were able to pull this off. They've never, never beaten a number one team on the road. They did it twice in the NCAA tournament. They did it twice at home, most famously uh, the 15 point point comeback against Ohio State back in 2011. Would it change? What would it mean if they were to oh, win this game? Man. And would it change your expectations for what's possible this year?
1: Well, I've gotten questions. I know you have too. In, in the last week since they beat Marquette and they're on a six-game winning streak about how far this team can go. Are they a second weekend team? And to me right now, they're playing at a level that I kind of expected at the start of the season. I was more surprised they started one and two. Not necessarily that they lost to Tennessee, because that's a very good team. But then you go on the road, you lay an egg against Providence, and you're wondering, is this just the same old team? If they beat Arizona on the road, the number one team, and a number one team that has beaten Duke. I know the Blue Devils have lost a couple games in a row, but also beat Michigan State. Have five guys in double figures in the sixth is averaging 9.9 points. To me, this says they can be a Final Four team. I mean, honestly. And, again, what we know what happens in December is not necessarily indicative of March and April because last year they were 11-2 and to start and 3-0 and in the Big Ten and ranked in the top 15 of the AP Top 25, missed the NCAA tournament. But they had injuries, and I think the deficiencies that they showed they don't have in the same way this year because of the talent that they've gotten. That's not to say they can't have scoring droughts or miss a bunch of three-pointers, but they've added pieces. AJ Storr, John Blackwell, obviously Nolan Winter. So, if they were to win, to me it would be the kind of statement that says we can be as good as anybody in the country. Do they get it done? I'm going to say no. All right, I just think it's such a tall task, but if they win, it would be one of the more remarkable stretches that I can remember.
0: For sure. Uh, one more thing before that we get out of here. The Big Ten expansion is coming next year. Obviously, they're going from 14 to 16 to 18. 14 to 18. Uh, there has been talk, and we talked to Greg Gard about it today, about going to 20, like staying at 20 games or, or raising it up. Because right now they're at 20 games. You play 20 Big Ten games. And he is a proponent of staying at 20. He wants to stay at 20. Are
1: you? Would you be okay with that? Yes, I would, because I really like non-conference play. I, I Let's be honest. You just see the same teams every year, and now you wouldn't have to see them twice as much. But... It, there was never going to be an equal way to do this. What so what if you go to 22, 24 conference games, you're still not going to play every team and it's going to be unbalanced. So well, no,
0: you're going to play every team but it's going to be once and it's going to well, be on the road or it's going to be at home and then you're going to have a couple of teams that you play twice. Every team
1: twice. I I, I, I should have yeah, yeah. uh, that's what I meant. Every, every What you're not doing now. Right. So it's it's not going to be de- balanced no matter how many games you go up to and I I just love non-conference play. There have been so many great games and Wisconsin has been a part of them as well.
0: They have been. Uh, so, and that's that's kind of what he was talking about. Like, they get Arizona here next year, and he wanted that to be that way. Same with same thing with Tennessee a couple of years ago. It was going to be the return game in, in uh, 2020, the 2020-2021 season. Um, but obviously they didn't play any non-conference games that year. The other aspect of this is the conference tournament. There has been talk about keeping it keeping it at 14. So four teams would be left out. Would you, are you in favor of that? I I. I Followed up with Greg Gar on that and, and asked him like kind of what his thought is and he said sixteen would be the make make the most sense. Yeah, but like you don't want to have your your teams cannibalizing each other. It's kind of like at the end of the at the end of the day you don't want that to be happening. And the same thing with extending the conference season to twenty four or twenty two or twenty four games. You're kind, of, you're kind of screwing yourself with the NCAA tournament.
1: I'm absolutely in favor of not all 18 teams going to the conference tournament. Okay. I say this as a guy who played in a Division three league where there were 10 teams. Now I, mean, I can't even remember, maybe 11. Only the top four ever made the conference tournament. See, I don't like that. Well, the top four is not really fair. <laughs> I say that as someone who only got to go once. But if you're in an 18-team league and you want to say, okay, 16, like what right do you have as the 17th or 18th best and really most worst team in the league? <laughs> To say we deserve to be there, you know what? You shouldn't have gone one and nineteen in league play. So I am totally on board with them not including every team in the conference tournament.
0: Will Minnesota ever play in the conference tournament? Ever oh again?
1: boy, uh, probably. I'd like their <laughs> odds.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it is it's a tough situation, and it's 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 what happens with it's what happens with expansion. You're going to have people that are left out. You're going to have people that are. Um, not uh, involved in everything. But I am I, very interested to see if they, go, if they stay at 20. Like, with 17, right? With 17, you're playing 17 teams, right? Because you're 18. What... One of those other two games, and how do you decide what they are? Do you protect? Are they protected games? Do you play Minnesota and like Iowa, kind of like they did for football? Because that's kind of what Greg Gard said. He said maybe they do protected games for those those other three, and you're playing the same teams every time.
1: I don't know what the answer is because it's not the same in basketball as it, as no, it is in football you because, because you're going to play them once. Yeah. So. But you also <laughs> you want to have competitive balance and equity. That, that was the whole thing about football, and it should be the same in basketball. The challenge is, how do you do that, as you said, with only three extra games? And I don't know that you can.
0: I don't think you can. I don't think you can. But uh, Wisconsin... Getting ready for that big tre- uh, big test on Saturday afternoon out in Arizona. They've beaten the, the Wildcats the last two times. I saw them. Pretty impressive, uh, pretty important games the last Different time. Different teams. <laughs> That's why Greg Gard said as much. Like Greg Guard was asked about it. He's like, what do you remember? And it's like, who cares what he remembers about those games? Like, two first-round picks. It's irrelevant. Like, But those were Final Four matchups at that time so yes. we'll see what they do uh, again wisconsin football portal wise we'll talk all about it next week uh, i'm sure hopefully there's nothing as crazy as last time thank you very much jesse thanks zach all right you've been listening to temple and high open
1: Green we've
0: got wisconsin sports covered w244 dr fitchburg WOZN, madison the zone Woo!